This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Welcome to Episode 31 of Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission, recorded on August 13, 2020. This is where you can find out all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Ivy Ho, Director of Communications. And I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing. We are your hosts for Downtown Lowdown. We'll be giving you the lowdown on what's new in businesses, COVID-related regulations and government programs, and issues that affect downtown. We also talk to key individuals that help to make downtown Halifax better. We'd like to thank Podstarter, in particular founders Jonathan Burns and Reese Waters, for inviting us to record in their space. Podstarter is located right downtown at 5112 Prince Street and is one of our newer members. Check out their website at podstarter.io for more information on their podcast services. We have a great episode today on BizBuzz. We'll talk about what's new in businesses, the current DHBC campaign, and where to get reusable face masks and things to do in downtown Halifax. Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission, will give us an update on government economic relief programs and join us for a discussion on parking. Up first is today's featured interview. Ivy talks to Victoria Horn, Manager of Parking Services with Halifax Regional Municipality. HRM's Parking Services is responsible for supporting regional council priorities through the administration and implementation of policies, bylaws, and regulations related to parking and curbside management. Parking is the biggest issue affecting downtown Halifax. Pre-pandemic, it was identified as the number one issue by downtown business members. We are pleased to have with us today someone who knows all about parking in HRM and can talk about some of the upcoming changes to on-street parking in the city. Victoria Horn is the Manager of Parking Services with Halifax Regional Municipality. Her background is in communications and transportation management and has worked for the municipality for over seven years. HRM's Parking Services is responsible for supporting regional council priorities through the administration and implementation of policies, bylaws, and regulations related to parking and curbside management. Parking Services is also responsible for the management and delivery of the municipal parking strategy and programming that aligns with deliverables from the Integrated Mobility Plan. Activities include working with residential neighborhoods on parking demand management, provisions of enforcement services, administering the parking technology upgrade, and working with internal stakeholders to integrate parking needs into roadway projects, and working with business districts and other parking providers to ensure the service of parking is efficient and effective. We also have Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. He will share his thoughts on the new parking changes from a business improvement district point of view. So, Victoria, thank you so much for joining us for Downtown Lowdown. My pleasure. It's an honor to be invited. I'm excited to be here. Great. Uh, So before we get into the details of the upcoming new and improved on-street parking, Mm -hmm. can you describe some of the challenges of the current system? Yeah. So uh, the current system dates back to the 60s, and essentially what the current system is is a mishmash of old uh, manual meters on street uh, that are strictly coin-operated, and then peppered throughout the downtown. We also have some hourly, what we call timed parking, and then we have a rather manual permit management system managed through our colleagues in customer service. So we have some monthly parking permits, um, and then we have annual residential permits. So all of that is going to be modernized through our new technology. So it sounds like a mishmash of different systems. And yeah. 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 So essentially what we're bringing uh, on board with the new technology are we're removing the meters altogether. We're going to a pay-by-space, pay-by-zone system. So how does that work, uh, the zones? 
Yeah, so large geographic zones. We worked with our colleagues uh, on the Parking Advisory Committee and specifically the business districts to determine what the zones looked like. Uh, essentially, it ended up winding out just to be the business district boundaries, which I think works well. Um, and essentially, what those zones will be is when you enter a zone, you'll need to look for paid parking signage. Um, so we've had a, a couple of panicked emails when we launched the map saying, is, does this mean all parking in these zones are going to be converted to paid? And the short answer is no, not at least at launch, uh, and certainly not uh, in all of the zones. Uh, but, but for the downtown Halifax area, we're definitely looking at anywhere where there was metered parking previously will be replaced with paid parking through a zone system, um, and then potentially expanding as well. So some projects, Paul, you mentioned the other day about uh, Hollis, where we converted for the bike lane and then didn't replace with meters, that will convert back to paid parking when the project is initiated. Yeah, so about the, uh, the engagement process, you mentioned that we uh, that different stakeholders were, were consulted, including yeah. the business improvement district. So can you run through that little process of, uh, you know, how you engaged uh, some, some of the stakeholders? Yeah, so actually, if I think about engagement from this total project, you have to actually look back to 2000 and the mayor's roundtable on parking. So way back in the year 2000, there was a, um, a determined, whether realized or not, that there was a crisis for parking downtown. And so the mayor initiated uh, this roundtable on parking. And that sort of started the ball for engagement around parking and really instituted some formal discussions with council around the centralized need for management of parking in the city. So then fast forward a few years, uh, we did the Parking Strategic Plan, which is a 25-year roadmap for parking technology and, and parking in general, and that went through Regional Council, which has its own process for public engagement and public uh, advising of things that are changing. Uh, and then fast forward to when we started in the role, um, the Integrated Mobility Plan uh, did pretty robust engagement with a number of stakeholders uh, over a number of years about transportation and general, uh, and parking was one of the key topics that consistently came up through the IMP. So uh, when Council passed that in 2017, that aligned quite nicely with us doing our RFP for the parking technology, uh, despite having talked about it for five years previous. And then as part of that, we took our RFP to the Parking Advisory Committee, which had been newly formed in 2018, uh, which is comprised of private lot owners, of uh, other levels of government, of business districts, uh, and sort of presented our strategy and our plan and asked, does this resonate? Does this work? Receive feedback from that. That informed the RFP, which went out to market. And then, of course, we hired uh, a vendor, Calais Canada. And so that has really shaped the technology that mm -hmm. we purchased. And then, of course, throughout the years, um, parking is a very popular topic with residents. So a lot of the feedback that we've received over the years, both from the meters and then with the adoption of hotspot, we've taken all of that feedback and really tried to integrate it into what the new system will look like. Right. So as I said in the intro, um, 
parking is like the number one issue yeah. for downtown Halifax pre-COVID right. uh, for the members and for visitors. So, Paul, you know, do you have any thoughts on, you know, this new technology? I've thought about parking before. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. Years as a, it is a shocking district. topic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, parking yeah. Is, is, yeah, certainly if you ask any customer, I mean, what they ideally would like is they want to be able to drive downtown, park right in front of the business that they want to frequent, not have to pay for parking, and then and be able to leave. Which, which Basically, everybody wants everything. Yeah, right? I would, I would love that uh, myself. And unfortunately, with, with downtown districts, and it's not a downtown Halifax issue, it's a, it's a downtown every issue. You go to Liverpool, Nova Scotia, and they'll tell you they've got an issue with parking, or you go to yeah. Chicago, they'll have a, an issue with parking. So it's something we, that, we've, um, that we've put a lot of, of thought and study into in terms of looking at what cities have better parking systems, which ones don't. What is, what is, the, what is the ideal situation? How do we get to a point where, where I guess parking is the least annoying for people, maybe, is the best way to put it? Because we're never going to have I a situation where... I that to where, my business card. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm trying to minimize... Yeah, I want you to hate, <laughs> hate uh, me and what I do uh, the least amount. So... Um, so there, I mean, the, the thing with parking, parking is a science. I mean, there's been lots of there's been lots of great um, resources available, lots of mm-hmm. studies done. There's there's experts on parking, and so really, what we've we try to do collaboratively with the city. I think I think for a long time the city, you know, the city has always managed on street parking, uh, but I don't think it really had um, kind of the focus and attention that it required uh, until very recently. And, and having Victoria come on and, and really focus on this has been a huge help uh, for us. It's it's a kind of one stop resource. Um, the the parking uh, the parking task force doesn't sound like it'd be a fun group to be part. It's actually mm-hmm. really interesting because it was got, it is interesting. Yeah, yeah you've got private donuts. lot operators, you've got city folks, and, and again, we're trying to solve these challenges yeah. uh, that we know exist, and, and and again, use the best data. And in some cases, uh, because it's not, you know, it's not always driven by common sense. Um, really, a big part of it is educating people. Why are we doing mm-hmm. the things that we're doing? Uh, you know, why are we why are we trying to limit the amount of time you can park? Why why are the rates important? Why are sometimes higher rates? Uh, better than lower rates. Um, you know, what systems can we use to make sure that people who work downtown aren't parked on city streets all day? They're parked in off-street parking, or ideally taking transit, but not everyone can do that. But if they're coming downtown, they're parking off-street, and the on-street spots are reserved for the customers. Yeah. You know, how do we educate our, you know, people, you know, staff that work in restaurants that we're parking is free after six o'clock, not to park, you know, in that space right in front of the restaurant? You know, all these are, are huge challenges. Um, so it's it's been good to kind of tackle those. And, and again, a big part of this, there's there's been so much good information available and so much good work done in other cities that we can kind of look at other cities that have done a good job and see okay let's let's try and do what what, what they've been doing so yeah and that's um, a great point Paul just to jump on that we really HRM has the benefit of sort of waiting for this technology mm-hmm. so it kind of happened accidentally but also on purpose because we were able to learn from other jurisdictions and now we have procured truthfully the best in breed that is out there in the market and and a total solution as opposed to piecemeal pieces if you look at other cities throughout the years they adopted pay stations early on and then had to make a a mobile payment system integrate after the fact or they were looking at license plate recognition but it didn't speak to their enforcement so we're we have the benefit of learning from all of those other jurisdictions and waiting for the technology to get up to the same pace as where the cities want it to be and so that's truly what I believe that we have procured and will install is that it's a total solution that will address all of the outstanding issues that citizens had previously with, with parking. Yeah. 
So we're talking, you know, we talked about zones a little yeah. bit. Uh, let's walk through the technology. Yeah. Know, let's get into the nitty gritty of what drivers will expect uh, when they actually park downtown. Yeah. So once you've entered downtown and you've found a place that is a paid parking zone and you've found a sign that says that you can park in a paid parking area, uh, when you exit your car, you sort of have two options. It's like choose your own adventure. You can um, either download or open up the hotspot app if you have it already. There's no, no need to change anything there. Uh, and you, all you need to do is select the vehicle that you're driving that day and you can add multiple vehicles. So that's a great point to make because of the hotspot. Because yeah. most people already have hotspots. That's right. So they don't have to download another app or get rid of hotspot. No. Yeah, no. So through, uh, through this technology, we've been able to extend and really expand our relationship with hotspot. Um, so they have integrated with all of the requirements that we had, namely switching from meters to zones. Uh, you can still benefit from refunding. There's lots of great benefits to downloading the mobile app, but we also recognize that not every resident wants to or, or has the ability to do that through their mobile phone. So once you leave your car, option two is you can look for a pay station. And what is really unique, uh, we think, about where we've placed them is we've tried to place them en route to destinations. So there will be at least one on every block, probably two or three or four. Um, there was lots of thought and criteria put into the placement of them, trying to make them based on, on destination, grade, of course, for accessibility, ensuring that they're visible, ensuring that residents feel safe when they're at them, uh, under ample lighting. So there were lots of things that we tried to think about and address in installing the pay stations. Uh, and then once you get there, uh, the pay stations are solar panel uh, operated, so uh, you'll just have to press a button to tell it you're in front of it, and then you enter your license plate, uh, select the zone that you've parked in, and then you enter how much time you'd like to park, and then you select your payment method. And what's really exciting about the pay stations is that in addition to cash, you can still pay with coin. Uh, you can also pay with credit card, debit, Apple Tap, uh, and Android Pay. So there's lots of options um, and, and so lots of ways. So if you own an Android and yeah. they drive you downtown, they can get out of the car and pay for it. Oh, perhaps. Like yeah. Playground. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Yeah. But that's, that's an I'm, interesting I'm thought. Right <laughs> Maybe our phase two will be to work with Tesla to have Tesla just like pay yeah. for yeah. your parking when you park your car. I think Tesla but, would just come in. Elon Musk would just come in and take over everything. Yeah, maybe. I think yeah. that's Ultimately, what he wants to do as part of his yeah. plans for world domination. But he for sure wants to yeah. be the future manager of parking. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So with the installation, because there is going to be a time period where there's installing uh, the pay stations in different areas, mm -hmm. can you walk us through the timeline and what uh, drivers will expect uh, during installation? Yeah. So installation uh, has started. So uh, we started in Dartmouth and are now moving our way across the harbor. Um, and essentially what it looks like is where the crews are going in super speedy and they're removing all the meters and the meter heads, uh, in some instances right to the ground so that it's safe for accessibility issues, uh, and then it, reinstalling signposts. So the system is largely sign-based, um, and so in the interim, until the pay stations are fully installed and turned on, uh, which we will provide ample notice for across the municipality, uh, it's essentially unrestricted parking. So that means free parking for people coming into the downtown. Um, how long will that last? So uh, depending, for downtown Halifax, yeah, for, for downtown example. Halifax, uh, Halifax is last in the rollout plan of when the signs are installed. Um, so that will probably be mid to end September. And then we're hoping to be able to turn the pay stations on, we're saying early fall. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you have some thoughts on this, Paul. It's certainly it's, it's kind of it's interesting. I mean, typically, you know, you you wouldn't want to have free parking across yeah. the entire downtown because we've got in the normal circumstances we've got fifteen twenty thousand people that work downtown, and and what we know what happened was office workers would just come and park on the street, and there right. would actually be nowhere for customers to come and park. So, mm-hmm. but uh, as we've said, if there's any time to do it, uh, yeah. now's the time because it's we're in these strange times. I mean, certainly there's we know there's not fifteen twenty thousand uh, people coming back uh, back to work downtown. Uh, the customer base overall of course, is, is way down. So it, it'll be, it'll just kind of, again, one of these weird, interesting little little pieces. And I think we'll just kind of enjoy it. We'll promote the fact, hey, you know, you can actually get free parking downtown. This is what you've been asking for. Yeah, the timing um, is really good because it could be a welcome back to the office for the workers downtown. Yeah. You know, if yeah. they're they're concerned about parking, then they could just park downtown and go back to the office. And same with visitors and, and customers, right? So Yeah. So we are supporting uh, the businesses through posted signage and through also materials as well, uh, hoping that residents will be good neighbors and and only park up to two hours. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to facilitate turnover, Paul, as you mentioned, to to help businesses uh, in the downtown core. But we do recognize that some people will take advantage of it, and and that's great. It's a short period of time. It's Mm -hmm. temporary, and uh, it's to short-term pain for long-term gain, I think. And frankly, I think it would be an interesting little case study. We'll definitely be doing some utilization studies uh, ad hoc on street just to to sort of anecdotally look at turnover and see whether or not free parking actually provides benefit. But mm. we know the answer to that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I know one of the things I'm most excited about with the new technology, we'll just get better data. Like I think with, with, with the meters, I mean, you, when you collect them, you can figure out how much money has gone in, but you don't know when it's gone in. Like there's there's not really good tracking data around the current meters, but with the uh, with new technology, we'll just get much better information. And, Absolutely. And they're flexible in terms of, even in terms of variable rates potentially or, or whatever. So it kind of, you know, it allows us the opportunity to, to try some things and, and get, you know, pretty immediate feedback and then and make changes if we need to. So, uh, so overall, like, it's, it's a really exciting program. Yeah, so thanks. I mean, when we went to council following engagement and feedback with the Parking Advisory Committee, specifically around uh, the rates and duration of time that pe- people could park, that was sort of um, my most exciting piece that came out of the Parking Advisory Committee, I felt, because it was a very collaborative discussion and, and not originally where staff were in terms of rates or in terms of uh, length of time that could be spent at, at any given zone. And you're right, with the data, we'll be able to go back to council and say, you know what, in this zone, we need to tweak it a bit more. People are staying too long or, or businesses are not seeing the benefit. Uh, and, and we'll be able to do that and we'll have the data to support it, which for me is just wonderful because the whole um, crux of the integrated mobility plan and of the parking office is that for a really long time, especially around parking, we've not had really great data. And so with this system, it's just it's another tool in the toolbox that will help us make better, more informed decisions about where parking needs to be, where it doesn't need to be, um, where we can make way for bike lanes, where we should look at other modes of transportation. So we're really excited about the data component. We had a, a speaker here a number of years ago, Andreas Roll yeah. uh, from Copenhagen. It was really interesting because we all we all think of Copenhagen as a city that's really transformed itself from a very car-centric city to much more bike-centric and pedestrian. Uh, but what I found was interesting, and we, and we all kind of all know that we're all and a lot of us kind of look at Copenhagen and want to say, how do we get to be something similar to that? Mm-hmm. Um, but in his talk, he talked about the importance of parking. That you know, it, it's, if you think that you can't drive to downtown Copenhagen and park, that's a fallacy. They actually spend a lot of time, you know, doing parking and doing it right and, and yeah. balancing all these different needs that we. Have 
have on our streets. So, yeah. so this is, I mean, the, the parking management um, program is, is a big part of the integrated mobility plan. And, and certainly we're not in favor of getting rid of customer parking. We'd love to see more and more people taking transit and active transportation. Uh, but certainly for the foreseeable future and until Elon Musk takes over with his flying <laughs> machines that, uh, that, you know, there's a place for downtown, you know, for parking in, in downtown and, and in other urban centers and commercial districts. So, so yeah. yeah, I think it's, uh, we're excited for the, for the rollout of, uh, of the new technology and uh, let's see where it takes us. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's echoed by council and certainly by staff. When we look at the integrated mobility plan, parking is a key mode of transportation and it's recognized as such in the IMP. So it's not about looking at one mode in favor of another. They're all truly not to be tacky, but integrated. They are connected. And so for for a place that is sprawl, as sprawled out as the municipality is, we recognize that there are going to be residents and, and patrons, either whether it's their daily commute or whether it's to come downtown to have dinner, they will want to bring their vehicle. And that's okay. Uh, or there are people that want to bring their vehicle partway and then enjoy a leisurely bike ride to work. And so that's how we're looking at parking now is how can we be supportive of these other modes of transportation and work in alignment with our colleagues in transit and in active transportation uh, and, and design to, to build this full infrastructure program. That includes parking. I don't think we'll ever see parking go away from downtown. Okay, so Victoria, any final thoughts or parking advice uh, for visitors for downtown Halifax? Yeah, uh, so we're updating our website almost daily uh, with updates on the parking technology project. Um, and I know that downtown Halifax has a really great resource as well about all available off-street parking. We're looking to mirror some similar resources like that. Uh, we're also looking at phase two of the technology project, which looks at wayfinding signage and ways to support visitors coming into the downtown so that they can navigate easier, that they can know where off-street parking is more uh, easily. So those are kind of exciting part twos that maybe I can come back and talk about another day. Uh, but we're, we're just very excited. I'm excited about uh, being invited here, and we're excited that the Downtown Business Corps is excited as we are about welcoming this technology. And I think we acknowledge that it might not be sunshine and roses as soon as everything is turned on, but we've learned from other jurisdictions that it does work and, and it can work. And so uh, with a little bit of patience and luck, we'll, we'll get it set up for the fall. Wonderful. Yeah. We're, we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you. So are we. Okay. Thank you, Victoria. Thanks so much. We were talking to Victoria Horn. She's the Manager of Parking Services with Halifax Regional Municipality. HRN's Parking Services is responsible for supporting regional council priorities through the administration and implementation of policies, bylaws, and regulations related to parking and curbside management. For more information on the changes to on-street parking, visit halifax.ca slash transportation slash parking. Well, we still have Paul here. Um, Paul is the CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. He's going to update us on government economic relief programs, as well as non-medical face masks for businesses in Downtown Halifax. So, Paul, give us the news. Sure. So we're, we continue to do our weekly calls. Uh, Nova Scotia Business Labor Economic Coalition, the NSBLEC, uh, continues to meet. Um, we're meeting with uh, with uh, Minister of Business Jeff McClellan. This upcoming week, I imagine the first question people have for him is, are you going to run for Premier? Which I don't know if he'll answer that. Oh, yeah, that came up during the last meeting, uh, and I almost fell out of my chair. Yeah, it's like, I no. <laughs> I think he said he's considering it. But, of course, who knows what will Oh, knows they what mentioned you. Oh, they mentioned me. Yeah, yes. I can, I'm, I'm, I'm here on this podcast to announce I would will never run for premier. <laughs> um, 
I like this job. Anyway, uh, moving on to uh, to more important things. Um, not that who the premier is, isn't important, but uh, but what's important to our businesses are is the extension of the uh, Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy Program. So the Qs or Cs, uh, we've we've heard it both ways, and we had a little brief conversation about which was the proper way. But the uh, people are using the program. It's the the Emergency Wage Subsidy Program, which has been uh, really a lifesaver for a number of businesses over the past couple of months. And so uh, there was an announcement that the program uh, is going to be extended uh, beyond August. I think it was set to expire in August. So um, those businesses that uh, have been able to uh, retain employees and had uh, a portion of their salaries um, uh, covered by the government, uh, that program is continuing. Uh, But there are some changes uh, happening, and uh, we don't have a lot of the the details of exactly what those changes are, but the program will look a little bit different than it has in the past. Um, And before, there was really just kind of two different uh, levels of subsidy, and I think that is one of the major changes that's happening. Um, But our our good friends over at the Canadian Federation of Independent Business uh, have put together um, a bit of a translation, I guess, of some of the changes on their website. So if you go to the CFIB uh, website, um, there's a, there's FAQ. There's a, there's a number of different uh, items of there, but one is an FAQ about obviously frequent, frequently asked questions. So um, hopefully all the information that you would need uh, if you're taking advantage of that program, or if you haven't and you want to, um, go check out the CFIB program on that. And uh, so anyway, that that is good news. And, and again, I think an example of the advocacy work that we and, and uh, other colleagues have been have been doing um, you know, across Canada. Um, to really, you know, continue the government support of business through this um, this crazy time. So, uh, something else, of course, that's happening as a result of, of COVID is that uh, masks became mandatory. I guess what a week or two ago, mm-hmm. uh, I think. So, um, I think most businesses, if, if you were, you know, going into restaurants or, or other businesses, uh, what you would have found for the past, you know, couple of months probably is uh, is most staff were already wearing masks, but um, uh, that's of course now been expanded, uh, and masks are mandatory to wear in inside public spaces. So there's sometimes people, there's a bit of confusion around what what's a public space, what's not. Essentially, it's kind of anywhere that, that any member of the public can, can kind of go in and, and intermingle. So if you think about, you know, lobbies or elevators or, you know, obviously stores and restaurants and uh, and those kinds of places um, in, in private office settings, really it'll be more, the rules will really be more dictated by individual employers uh, mm-hmm. in terms of what's required. So uh, some employers may require people to wear masks um, for their entire time that they're at work and, and others won't. Um, so Obviously, that's something you have to talk to your individual employer about. So a couple of concerns that have been raised by businesses or, or questions, I guess, is A, where to, where to get masks uh, for their, uh, mainly for their employees, uh, and also uh, in terms of, of enforcement, how, how is this going to be enforced? So uh, in terms of uh, buying masks, um, there, there are um, some government resources around this. Again, uh, masks are being distributed to the general public for people that, that can't access them or can't afford them uh, through libraries, through museums. So uh, if you're an individual in need of a mask, um, you can check those places. Uh, businesses can also request kind of larger orders, I think orders of up to about 50 masks, um, and there's a website that uh, the Nova Scotia government has set up, uh, which is nseconomy at novascotia.ca, so you can go there and request masks. But also, there's, I mean, there's lots of places now, unlike maybe um, a number of months ago when, when they were in short supply, there's, there's lots of places uh, that are now selling masks, so I mean, generally, we'd, we'd, we'd uh, you know, love for our businesses if they if they need to use those resources, that's fine, but uh, but obviously, we want to encourage our, our members to support other downtown businesses, and there's a number of, of people downtown uh, that are selling 
masks. Um, I think of, of Carrefour and Historic Properties has them. Yeah, I um, think Alana's going to go into... Uh, Alana's going to go into all that. Oh. Yeah, she is. She but the brand new one I want to mention, which I just I just got yesterday, is Neptune Theater. Oh. Uh, has uh, has got some masks. And what's, of course, neat about those ones uh, is that they're being done by their, their costume designers, so they're actually being being created and produced and, and sewn and everything right on Argyle Street. So, so they're selling them as a fundraiser? Uh, they're selling them as a fundraiser. Oh, nice. Right. Yeah. Okay, great. So I'm, I don't know for sure, but I assume at neptunetheater.ca <laughs> uh, you will see how to order a Neptune Theater mask. Cool. And in terms of enforcement, this has been uh, a concern that, that's come up in, in other areas where uh, masks have been made mandatory is, is what's the expectation around, you know, the role of a business if a customer comes in and doesn't have a mask. So uh, obviously the expectation is for businesses to, you know, and many of them have in terms of posting what the requirement is, but, you know, any any store or restaurant is a public place. And so the expectation is that a customer, you know, should not be allowed in without a mask. Um, but uh, but at the same time, it's it's I think the, the approach is being taken by the city and the province is it's it's really about what what's reasonable. They're, they're not expecting you know stores to to enforce. The stores won't be fined if customers are in there not wearing masks. Uh, the expectation is that you as the owner would say, hey, you've got to wear a mask. If you're not wearing a mask, please leave. If someone simply refuses to wear a mask or refuses to leave, um, you know, if anyone gets a fine, I think it would be the individual, not the not the business. So it's again one of these things where we all have to kind of work together and and hopefully be. Um, reasonable and, and respectful of, of other people's rights and safety. So we haven't heard of any of any instance uh, where it's been a problem. Um, obviously, masks have been uh, have been mandatory on transit as well. Uh, and again, this is all part of, of the effort really to ensure that we've done such a great job in, in Nova Scotia of, of flattening the curve and reducing incidents. And uh, as we know, as, as people are coming back to the office, as school will be starting again, uh, there is still an expectation there will be some sort of second wave uh, that's coming. And, uh, and this is really about getting in front of that and hopefully really minimizing the impact of that because I think what we're all working towards is, is ensuring there isn't a second shutdown. And again, if we've been following other jurisdictions, we've seen that that has happened in other places. So we're in a great position now, and, and the idea is to, to keep it that way. So, uh, so hopefully the masks, um, you know, the, the requirement won't uh, won't be too ownership people. We know that we've had some feedback from people saying they don't feel necessarily as comfortable uh, dining out um, with masks on. But but luckily it's it's the summer. We've got lots of, of patios. Um, so if you're on a patio, you don't have to wear a mask. Um, and again, the the expectations in restaurants are fairly reasonable. So you know, as you're entering the restaurant, you're supposed to wear a mask. But obviously once you're seated and, and ready to eat, you can take the mask off. Um, and also questions around entertainment. So same sort of thing. Um, there are still, there's entertainment happening in restaurants and bars right now. And, and, and singers, and entertainers, uh, once they're kind of on the stage and, and, and away from the crowd, they don't have to wear masks either. So, uh, so all in all, that seems to be going fairly well so far. And we'll keep people updated if the, if the rules change. Okay, great. Thanks, Paul. All right, thank you. We were talking to Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. He was updating us on the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy and non-medical masks in Downtown Halifax. Downtown Halifax Business Commission strives to provide the latest COVID-19 related information as the province revises restrictions. DHBC continues to follow the directives of the Nova Scotia Health Authority. Check out some of DHBC's resource pages for businesses and for the public. For the main COVID-19 business resource page, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. For what's open in downtown Halifax, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash open. The Nova Scotia State of Emergency has been extended to August 23, 2020. We reported on the non-medical face mask mandate last episode, so this is a short reminder. On July 24th, the Nova Scotia Health Authority announced new restrictions around wearing non-medical face masks in public spaces. Here's the rundown of the details. Wearing a non-medical mask is required in most indoor public places. Children under two are exempt, as well as children two to four when their caregiver can't get them to wear a mask. 
People with a valid medical reason for not wearing a mask are also exempt. Schools, daycares, and day camps continue to follow their sector-specific plans. Public places include retail businesses and shopping centers, personal services businesses like hair salons, barbershops, spas, nail salons, and body art establishments, except during services that require removing a mask. Restaurants and liquor-licensed drinking establishments like bars, wineries, distillery tasting rooms, and craft tap rooms, except while eating or drinking. Places of worship and faith gatherings, places for cultural and entertainment activities and services like movie theaters, theater performances, dance recitals, festivals, and concerts. Places for sports and recreational activities, including fitness establishments like pools, gyms, yoga studios, climbing facilities, and indoor tennis facilities, except during an activity where a mask can't be worn. Places for events like conventions, conferences, and receptions. Municipal and provincial government locations that offer services to the public. Common areas of tourist accommodations like lobbies, elevators, and hallways. Common areas of office buildings like reception areas, elevators, and hallways, excluding private offices and apartment buildings. Common areas and public spaces on university and college campuses like the library and student union building, but not classrooms, labs, offices, or residences. Train stations, bus stations, ferry terminals, and airports. A business or government official can ask you to remove your mask for identification purposes. You can remove it momentarily for this reason. All passengers and drivers on public transportation are required to wear non-medical masks. Fare collection on buses and ferries resume on August 1st. These were just some of the measures that may affect businesses, visitors, or workers in downtown Halifax. View full notices and restrictions from the Nova Scotia government at novascotia.ca slash coronavirus slash hashtag alerts. And now for BizBuzz. And now it's time for BizBuzz. Raf Poligro, our Marketing Communications Coordinator, is back. Thanks for joining us again, Raf. Happy to be here again. And Ivy is here with us also. Hello. For this episode, we have some business milestones, a quick overview of our new Meet Me Downtown campaign. We'll tell you where you can get reusable face masks downtown for back to school, and we'll talk about our 70 things to do in downtown Halifax. Plus, Raf is going to talk about our featured member for the month of August, Brada Jamaican Jerk Joint. So, Raf, let's get started with business milestones. All right. So, first off, the Five Fisherman has reopened at 1740 Argyle Street. And it also boasts a large new patio that it shares with the auction house. So the patio can be found on Argyle Street between Prince and Carmichael Streets right by Grand Parade. And it's a great patio. It's huge. There's tons of room. So if you're looking for a big patio to go. Oh, it's massive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I walk by it's it really and nice. it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. They did a really nice job. Yeah, they did. You can purchase clothes for your little ones in person at Flower Child again. They have reopened their storefront at 5189 Prince Street. Speaking of clothes, Sherzad's tailoring shop has opened a new retail shop called Ruffles and Tassels, which is located at the Alexander Keats Brewery on Lower Water Street. And we also have a new hotel opening in the fall. The Sutton Place Hotel will be opening its doors to guests at the Nova Center this September 8th. They will also open an on-site restaurant, chop, steakhouse, and bar right at the first level of the Nova Center. And as you may have heard, George's Island is now open to the public. Haligonians will be able to visit the island on weekends until Sunday, September 6th. The ferry will depart from Cable Wharf right by Murphy's Restaurant at 1751 Lower Water Street. 
Uh, the tickets are selling out quickly, so purchase your tickets online at ambassadors.com. That sounds fun. I would really like to do that if I can get tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds great. So thanks, Raf. So I'm going to start with our new campaign. We launched our new campaign called Meet Me Downtown earlier this month. The goal of the campaign is to, I guess, remind people of all the great things about downtown Halifax. We all basically know what the downtown area has to offer in terms of restaurants, shops, and attractions. But we are now encouraging people to get back out and experience all the things that you love and maybe experience a few new things in downtown Halifax. The campaign is running primarily online, and we will be running giveaways on our Facebook and Instagram pages over the next few weeks. We actually have a giveaway running right now until later this week. So make sure you are following at downtown Halifax on Facebook and Instagram to enter to win some great prizes downtown. And you can learn more about the campaign and what to do in downtown Halifax by visiting downtownhalifax.ca slash meetme. And if you are a business or organization in downtown Halifax that would like to get involved in our campaign, please email me. My email is alana, and that's A-L-L-A-N-A, at downtownhalifax.ca. So now that masks are mandatory across the province, everyone is looking for places to purchase them, especially before school starts. We have compiled a list of places in downtown Halifax that are selling masks. So they include the Loop Modern Fiber Craft on the corner of Barrington and Blower Streets. You can visit theloophalifax.ca or follow at theloophalifax on Instagram to keep up to date. Shirzad's Tailoring Shop in the Alexander Keith's Brewery Building is selling masks. You can search Shirzad's Tailoring Shop on Facebook, and Shirzad is spelled S-H-E-R-Z-A-D, or you can call 902-999-2436 or 902-999-2437 for more information. And there are a few places in the historic properties also selling masks. Lisa Drader Murphy started making masks early in the pandemic situation. Ivy, I think you have a few of their masks. Yeah, I have uh, actually purchased four. They were one of the first to actually offer yes. to sell selling the masks, uh, reusable masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're really good quality, of course, because it's Lisa Drader Murphy. Yes. You know, she has a, a technical material background. Yes, um, she does. Yeah, yeah which I find so really interesting. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's made of scuba material, and oh, so neat. it's really durable yeah. um, and really pretty, too. Mm-hmm. So I bought a couple for myself and one for my husband and one for for my uh, five-year-old. So nice. Yeah, they're really good. So to purchase masks from Lisa Drader Murphy, visit lisadradermurphy.com or follow at Lisa Drader Murphy on Instagram. Carrefour Atlantic Emporium is selling masks. You can find them by looking for the Pierre Elliott Trudeau folk art statue, which is wearing a mask. You can find Carrefour Atlantic Emporium on Facebook or follow at Carrefour Atlantic on Instagram. Northern Waters Knitwear and Tartan Shop has lots of masks in stock right now. You can visit nwknitwear.com or find at NW Knitwear on Facebook. And finally, as Paul already mentioned, Neptune is also selling masks as a fundraiser, so you can check them out also. And speaking of the historic properties, I'm not sure if either of you have been there lately, but I've wandered through it a few times over the past few weeks. All the stores are open again, as is St. Louis Barbershop and all the restaurants, including Pickford and Black, Grounded Coffee, Salties, The Lower Deck, Cow's Ice Cream, and Cacao 70. If you haven't been down to the historic properties at this summer, I would definitely recommend going. I love to wander through the stores and look at all the unique locally made products. The stores include the ones I've already mentioned, Lisa Drader Murphy, Carrefour Atlantic Emporium, and Northern Waters Knitwear and Tartan Shop, but also include Posh Accessories, Cape Penton Art, Colwell's, Cool as a Moose, Twisted Willow, and Shoreline Designs. The website is historicproperties.ca, or you can follow at historicprophfx on Facebook and Instagram to keep up to date. And finally, we have compiled a list of approximately 70 things to do. When I say approximately, <laughs> it's around 70 things to do in but downtown But there are more. There are, there more are way more things than that, yeah. <laughs> but we listed 70. Yeah, we've listed 70 things to do in downtown Halifax for the rest of the year. So even though events are not happening, there's still so much to see and do in downtown Halifax. 
So we have a list of attractions and entertainment, downtown experiences, selfie opportunities, and food and beverage experiences. You can check it all out at downtownhalifax.ca slash things to do. And just one more thing before Raf talks about our featured member for the month of August is patios. So even though we're coming up to the end of August, there's still lots of time to enjoy patio season in downtown Halifax. We have a list of patios on our website, downtownhalifax.ca slash patios. There are over 60 patios in the downtown area with, with a few new ones that have come up this year, including two doors down on Barrington Street, Julep Kitchen and Cocktails on Prince Street, and the Auction House and the Five Fishermen, as Raf already talked about. Uh, they have a huge new patio on Argyle Street. So get out and enjoy the last few weeks of patio season. So Raf, do you want to talk about our featured member now? Of course. So our latest featured member is Brada Jamaican Jerk Joint. Owner Christine Allen, who runs a jerk joint with her daughters, has been serving the best jerks in town at 1567 Grafton Street for about a year now. And that's a quote, right? You're not yeah. saying that yeah. jerks. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> By jerks, we mean it's jerk on their chicken, website. Yeah. jerk pork. <laughs> jerk pork yeah. That's actually like yeah. on their, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> one of their taglines. So they serve delicious food from the Jamaican islands, so Jamaican patties, jerk chicken, and jerk pork. Oxtail, which are sure to tickle your taste buds. Despite being only open for a year, they've gained a loyal following who the Allens affectionately call their Brada fam, which I love. Mm-hmm. Brada was previously featured on the Downtown Lowdown podcast where Ivy spoke with Christine and her daughter, Judy Ann, about being female entrepreneurs in downtown Halifax. So if you want to revisit that interview, it is on episode 12 of the Downtown Lowdown on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, so, Ivy, Alana, have either of you tried their food or been to Brada? I have. We actually had some of their food at our holiday party, mm-hmm. um, I guess last year now. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a lot of their patties, and they are so delicious. I think I they're ate. Huge too. I think I ate two, and then <laughs> took one or two home. They're yeah. also huge. They're I know huge. they're so good. Um, I think they have chicken, beef, and uh, I think they have and a, a vegetable, vegetable too, like yeah, a soy uh, one, I think. vegetarian yeah. option. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're really good. And then we also had some of their rum cake. Oh, my goodness. So good. Yeah. Raph, you missed out on that. I'm sorry. So, yeah, Brada has this really amazing rummy kind of fruit cake. And mm. it was so moist and so delicious. We had some leftover after the holiday, the members' mm. holiday party. And so it didn't really last that long no. in the fridge <laughs> in our office. But it was so good. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely recommend it. I don't know if they have it year-round, but they definitely have it yeah. during the holidays. Mm-hmm. They do. I've. I saw on their social media that they sell uh, carrot cake. So if oh. the fruit cake is good, then I'm sure, I'm sure that's good, too. Is good as well. It may um, not have alcohol in it, though. Yeah. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've had the Brada for lunch a few times. I had their jerk chicken, which is really good. And I also had their uh, oxtail, which was really good. It was one of my favorites, actually. And, um, you know, you're always greeted by smiles from the Allens mm-hmm. and I spoke with uh, I always speak with Christine mm-hmm. and you're always you always feel welcome and it's mm-hmm. almost like a taste of paradise because you know you have the reggae music at the background and so mm-hmm. I just love the vibes of of, uh, of Brada and they bring really they bring Jamaica into Halifax which mm-hmm. is good yeah Great. That's and so great. Their, their profile is on our website right now, isn't yes, it? Yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah, you can find their feature on the bottom of our front page at downtownhalifax.ca. So before we sign off, have either of you been to any restaurants or retail stores lately? I've been to a few. Uh, yeah, I went to Dharma Sushi actually twice. I love <laughs> Dharma Sushi. Yeah, yeah, I love their lunch specials. Yeah. Their lunch specials are a great deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and I love sushi and I love their sushi. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was good to you know get back to Dharma. I did mm-hmm. take out both times mm-hmm. and they do have um, a 
a patio. So there were some people on the patio, so that's great. You know, if people feel more comfortable sitting outside, then they, they have that option. They are at half capacity, like all restaurants, inside. So uh, some of their tables were put aside. Um, so, yeah, so they do have dine-in and patio seating. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, last weekend, uh, we actually had a little family adventure downtown. Mm-hmm. So we went to the submarine playground. I'm not sure exactly the official name of it, but it's on oh, the boardwalk. Playground, okay, yeah. it's yeah. on the boardwalk. Yeah. So my five-year-old was playing on that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we were just wandering on the boardwalk, and we were in front of the um, ambassador's uh, shack, like the mm-hmm. their ticket booth. And we thought, let's do the harbor hopper. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like a little splurge on our yeah. part, you know, uh, but and spontaneous. And it's actually 15% off now. Right. So oh, that's yeah, great. All season yeah, long. yeah, all season long. So that's a great deal, especially for locals. And it's fun to do. The so kids fun. love it. My yeah, son, it every summer. My son was beside himself. Yeah. He was so excited yeah. and so much. He loved it so much. Mm-hmm. And he actually got to drive the harbor hopper a little oh, that's bit on cool. the harbor. <laughs> so <laughs> that just totally made his life, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so that was great, and they did have the plexiglass dividers between the rows of mm-hmm. seats. I've seen it going oh, around. Yeah. And it's considered outdoors because it's completely open air. Yes. So you you don't really have to wear masks uh, mm-hmm. when you're seated. Um, I don't know if they changed that since the, the mm. regulations, but I think we were there the first day, like yeah. two days after the mandate um, went down. So. Right. Um, after that, we stopped at the Old Triangle for dinner, yeah. and um, my husband, I did not know this, but I guess I made his life, too, because he was craving chicken curry and chips for years. <laughs> and for just, years. For years. <laughs> Quote, unquote, I, literally, he said that, and I said, for years, why didn't we go the, t- you know, do this sooner? And he said, I don't know. So, <laughs> so he had the curry, the chicken curry and chips. So, yeah, I had the, the Irish nachos, and you might think, oh, you know, what are not Irish nachos? What's the difference? Well, it's actually potato chips. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they yeah. make their own potato <laughs> yeah. chips there. So, and that was really delicious. I saw your picture too. and I was like, oh, it's potato. <laughs> <laughs> it's potato, not so corn chips. Um, I didn't go to the Discovery Center, but my husband and son went to the Discovery Center. It was the day before the mandate um, yes. for face masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they didn't actually have to wear face masks uh, while they were in there, but they were handing them out at mm-hmm. the Discovery Center uh, if, you know, people didn't have their own or, you know, they forgot it or whatever. Uh, so they had disposable ones there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they had a great time there. Um, it looked a little bit different, but not that much. You know, mm-hmm. some of the exhibits aren't there anymore but they did extend the Rubik's Cube exhibit, so Mm -hmm. it's still there, and it's going to be there for a little while longer. And there's hand sanitizer, like, everywhere. Great. So you do have to book your your time slot in advance online. Mm -hmm. So you can either do the morning time slot, which is a three-hour slot, or the afternoon Mm three-hour slot. And then in the middle, I think it's between 12 12 and and 1, they they do a deep clean, or they do a cleaning of the area. So, yeah, they had a great time. and um, That's great. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It's no secret that, you know, tourism is down yeah. uh, at this point, uh, you know, and even with the Atlantic bubble. So mm-hmm. it's great to support businesses, especially Yeah, and local. the attractions and everything. Yeah, yeah. show our I businesses agree. some local love. Yeah. What about you, Raf? Right. So I actually went to a few stores to pick up some gift certificates. And uh, one that really stood out for me was Dirty Nellies. You go in and the servers have their mask force and there's hand sanitizer. But what really stood out for me was that they asked for my name and my number for contact tracing, which Mm -hmm. I found, like, really genius. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if, worst-case scenario, something happens, um, they have 
me as a contact to inform me of what mm-hmm. what what has transpired. So I really like that. Yes. And I've been to a few places where takeout, the uh, Taipan Express, um, and of course they had. Um, I've never been there before, but they have all the food cooked already, and they have mm-hmm. a class covering, and you can just pick and choose. Oh, mm-hmm. like a buffet yeah. type like of thing? Yeah, buffet oh, kind of okay. style, yeah. Right. You can pick That's on Argyle Street, right? That's on Argyle Street, yeah. 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 Right really down good. Dharma. That's one of uh, Paul's favorite places. Yeah. It is? I was getting Taipan. Well, it's really good. Yeah. I, it I've was my first time. It was really good. Try it out. Yeah. And I also got some uh, takeout from Talai Thai, which was really good. Oh, yes. Yes, it's good there. When when I first get got to Halifax, that was one of the first restaurants I've been to. I was uh, like, oh, I sat there when I first got here. Oh, oh that's nice. But yeah, it's yeah, and of course, food without fail is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. How about you, Alana? I haven't had that many experiences this <laughs> this past week. I want to do more, um, but I did go into to Gahan House in the Nova Center. Um, and they they have such a nice space. I love their new space in the Nova Center. They have a covered patio, which is great, so you can sit outside. But if it's raining or if it's too hot, you can you're sheltered um, under the Rogers Square. Mm-hmm. And they have um, plexiglass shields between all their booths, and their tables mm-hmm. have been spaced out. And yeah, it was and all the servers, of course, are wearing masks. But yeah, it was really nice. And I love their food. Their food is great. It's just yeah. like a really comfortable atmosphere. So um, I'd like to go back and eat again. Let's go. We're talking about all this food. <laughs> okay, I think that's it uh, for BizBuzz this episode. I can't believe we're on episode 31. Yeah, yeah you're coming up to the anniversary of the Downtown Lowdown podcast. That, that's right, we are. I think it's almost a year sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I look at yeah, one look year, year and we survived it. We survived. <laughs> it was an unexpected year, for, I think, for everybody. Yes. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and yeah. I think we're, we're at episode 31 so quickly yeah. because yeah. of the pandemic because mm-hmm. we right. we did switch to a weekly podcast yeah. um during the the lockdown and yeah. you know the the height of the pandemic so you yeah we're pros now oh yeah okay. we're, we're <laughs> total pros yeah, yeah. we have millions I'll of script, uh, subscribers too yeah yeah you know exactly <laughs> what i'm doing yeah. <laughs> all the time you should thank mike though yes, yes. from podcast mike atlantic Boyd, yay. Been producing our shout show. out podcast atlantic yeah for okay, so taking us on this journey. That's right. <laughs> so that's it for this episode. Thanks, Raf and Ivy, for joining me. Happy to be here. This concludes Downtown Lowdown, Episode 31, recorded on August 13th, 2020. For more information, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash podcast. Thanks for listening.